Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Osiris. Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. Um, if you're watching or listening, you might already know that. But switch the mics. Now I probably sound different. Um, <sighs> nice. <laughs> um, for all of you listening in the podcast, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, okay, so we're here. Everybody's here. Ryan Storm is not here. Just so you know, he's 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 not allowed. He's not allowed to come. Um, Guys, how's everybody doing today? Pretty good. I'm good. Doing okay. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, you know, it's interesting. This four o'clock start, which I like, um, involves like, I mean, we're all busy and the people watching and listening are busy, but my kids come home off the bus at 3.50. So like... <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> And starts about food and like throw their backpacks around and just like generally cause chaos. And then, and then I'm like, oh, it's four o'clock. And then you run away. Yeah. Yes. So that's how I'm doing. How's everybody's week? Said five days, more or less. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. It's happening. Still happening. Although, because we're here now, the work week is over. And that's good. Mm-hmm. That is good. Depends how you look at it. My workday is not over. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mine it's okay. Is. I'm done. Um, all right. So here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about 1998 because that's what we do on this series. Um, that's really kind of all I have to say. So is there anything else we're going to do today besides that? We're going to talk about an amazing fish show. I'm very yeah. excited about it. Try to put it into context. That's true. That's true. I, I'm going to have to tell you guys how I picked this one. Yeah. Why don't well, you do that? Yeah, get into right it. Now? Right now? Right now. I mean, oh if, if you want to start with that, we can start with that. Yeah, oh, let's God. let's start so with the rationale because um, this is like a big year of fish and you picked we a really good show. Well, what there about the people no watching rationale. and listening who might not 
understand why we're not talking for 25 minutes about nonsense before we start talking about the Oh, no, we stuff. can do more nonsense. Don't worry. Okay, okay. We'll okay. Have time we're mixing nonsense. it up. All right, good. Everybody on their toes. <laughs> All right, good. Go for it. <laughs> um, no, there, there's, there's very little reason, honestly. I just was like, what's a good show? <laughs> Should I do the lemon wheel? Should I make everybody listen to all of the lemon wheel? And I almost did that to you guys um, because it's good. And I was there and then I was like, well, what else was I at Hampton? Everybody's heard that there's a whole album. Nah. And then uh, I was like, Oh, well let's do something from the fall. And then here we are more or less. I was like, and, and I honestly, it had slipped my mind when I picked it, that this is of course a, one of the early live fish releases, the CD live fish releases, um, I, I didn't pick it because of that, but I'm glad I did. Glad it is that because we have really great recordings to listen to. Um, and yeah, so here we go. That's why terrible reasoning. I know. Sorry. This is it's awesome. an interesting I'm pick so because glad. 98 has so much variety. And like we talked yeah. about last week and the week before with like this transition, the band was going under and 96, late 96, 97, 98, you kind of have this band that like has reached this new plane of existence and creativity. And in some cases, they sound like they're coasting in a really good way. Like they sound like they're playing with a lot of ease. They don't feel like they don't sound stressed out throughout much of the year. And so as a result, you get certain shows like the summer is stacked with a bunch of shows that still have a bunch of funk in them. To your point, the Lemon Wheel, you and I, I think, spent three and a half hours talking about trying to convince each other who liked the lemon wheel more last summer when we talked about it, because it we were me. both like, we were both like, this is so good. Oh my God. It's so good. Did you know how good it is? I thought it was really good. Did you know? Um, and then fall is like this kind of murky. There's a lot of quiet ambient jamming. You mentioned like the simple from Hampton, this show though, I love that it's picked in this series and I love that it was picked in live fish. The first six batch that came out, like for a noob like me at the time, it was so amazing to have those albums initially. Right. And this, this show is like late era, late nineties fish channeling early nineties fish. And exactly. it's like, mm. the humor, mm. but it's also got the groove and the jam. It's so cool. It's Why like did you a say that, Jonathan? Well, because I knew Brian would get to it. Um, <laughs> it's like, like, I don't want him to waste all those notes and the, you know, the brain thinking he's been doing for the past seven days. Like he's Too prepared. Much. I'm not prepared. I have, I actually <laughs> have notes for a change though, but wow. uh, not on that element. But yeah, it is. It's like a, it's like a 1993 fish set list played by the post ambient jamming fish. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I take, a tiny bit of exception to a lot of the citation of fish doing ambient jamming outside of the ring of fire set. It's more that they were often, they were, Trey was working on tones influenced by some of that music and other people's music. Here's where it's really merging with fish in full, where as opposed to them going to, to it when they did at the lemon wheel here, it's now in them and it's coming through them and it's infused with all of those other things that Brian just listed that, you know, the humor and the, like the, the it, frenetic energies and all of that stuff. So I just wanted to add to this and Megan jump in, of course. Um, I feel like so I just listened back to a bunch of 98 shows in, including the first shows of 98, which we just did on undermine the Island tour. And I was, I had some notes, Brian, that are almost exactly what you were saying. Like the groove was like solidified in the music too, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you listen to 98 right after listening to 97, which all of us have done and hopefully all of our listeners have done, it's almost like, like 97 sounds like an experimental phase. Whereas like in my mind, 97 is a, is a place, not an experimental phase. You know what I mean? But when in the context of 98, it almost sounds like it was a step to where they get to 98 and it was like totally locked in. Um, even like the Portland Meadows show from seven fifteen, like the water in the sky. And that I just noticed it was like less of like a playing of a song. And it was just like a groove that the band, like, mm. like all these, every song they were just in and they were, they were, like you said, there were no, they weren't like, there's no hesitation. There was no like, uncomfortable they were just there and it's just really fascinating um to to listen to 98 in that way because 98 is not like a year that i go back to all that much 
which is kind of strange. Same. And like, yeah, I don't either. It's, it's like, so cool to listen back to it. Go ahead, RJ. I'll find. Well, I was just the last thing I was going to say is like the the Hampton shows, which I went to, which of course are like memorialized on the the release. Like those shows aren't that good. I mean, they're like fun, but there's not like a lot to, of. Like some of the other heights of 98, I agree. You know, they were just set up to like, hey, 97 was really good. We don't have super amazing multi-tracks of 97, but we're going back there this year. Let's bring the trucks. That's why we got that album. Uh, it was uh, the first shows I went to with my uh, my wife. She was not my wife yet, uh, but she is now and has been for 20, almost 23 years. Uh, so that was cool. And it was nice to get those in a funny little box. She's still chasing her second getting jiggy with it. She's like, aren't we all play that song? I will be here. I'll tell Um, you when, when Fishman started walking up and there were cards down and my buddy Marty starts hitting me on the arm. Like he does when he's excited. He's going to rap, dude, he's going to rap. Oh my God. That's awesome. So much happens in 98. Like when I was looking back at it, I was like, this is crazy. Like all that happens that year. Like there's all these like bust outs, these, covers like crazy covers like terrapin station and the entire dark side of the moon album like they're doing a lot this year but what's cool about it is like when i was listening back i was just thinking about how like 97 sounds so raw and 98 is just like this smoothed out funk that just drips into these ambient jams and it's just so cool to hear them like evolving like that throughout the year and just how much fun it is i forgot like how many of my favorite 2001s happen in this year? Like there is just some epic ones, like the one from MSG and the Gorge. And then it's just, this year is like so interesting. This is when I really started to pull away from Fish. Um, in hindsight, pretty lame because I, I only saw the so MSG lame. shows this year. It's so lame. I was like going to stupid raves. And instead I could have been seeing like some really great fish, but it's cool looking back in this kind of a way, because you think about like what was happening with them too, as the organization like grew and they've got like hundreds of people backstage now and people with like access and money and drugs. And the party is just so enormous backstage. And this is when the pressure is like continuing to build on Trey and the organization. And Trey talks about this time as it being like when he's on stage was his sanctuary, the time when he could kind of get away from all those pressures and I think that comes through in the music. You know, they they seem like they're having fun and it's like this safe place where they can just kind of explore. It was so fun to go down like the rabbit hole and listen to this year. Megan, is was that Meg's corner? No, I can do that okay. really fast if you want. Okay, well, because you, you started, you started and you got into some I details. I did a little bit. Yeah, I'll go through it really quick. They played 68 shows this year. And there's a lot of solo projects that happen. Pork Tornado, Jazz Mandolin, Eight Fluorescent Tubes. I mean, a lot is happening throughout this, the beginning part of the year. And then, of course, the Island Tour. And then they're going to lay down the rest of the tracks for the story of the ghost. They're going to go back to Europe, which when you look at this Europe tour, it seems like it's just them kind of wanting to hit like sick places like Denmark, Prague, Barcelona. Like they're like, where have we not gone on vacation that we would really like to go on vacation to? Totally. Right. Like it's like these are places that you just they just hadn't played yet. Just awesome. Um, yeah. And then I mean they have this crazy summer tour where they're doing these like new covers, they're doing huge bust outs, and then they're gonna end the year, you know, at Lemon Whale playing for 80,000 people, which is gonna be incredible, obviously. And then they're gonna release the white tape, which is like the first CD from the archives. And then in the fall, they're gonna do Farm Aid, they're gonna sit in with Neil Young. That video of those of his um them doing the bridge school benefits, I rewatched it this week. It's incredible. Trey's in like his Pepe Le Pew shirt and has like a horrible bull haircut. But it's like they're playing the most gorgeous music. When Neil Young sits in on the end of that hairy hood is absolutely jaw-droppingly stunning. It's so pretty. And then of course they've got this fall tour um at West, and they're gonna do the loaded a Velvet Underground's loaded for Halloween. And they're going to play some, you know, really interesting, fun shows to fuck with everybody. Trey and Mike are going to go to like an open mic at the Dead Goat Saloon in Salt Lake City and play for like 20 people. And then the next night, of course, they're going to cover Dark Side of the Moon for an undersold show, which is fun. And then, yeah, they're going to go to the Midwest, the Southeast, do the Hampton shows, go up to the Northeast. And then they're going to end with four nights at MSG, their first time they're going to do four nights there. So it's a big year, 65 debuts. And the fish book comes out. So there you have it. So much cool. happening. 
so can pretty. I ask you guys it's a minor year for the band yeah do you do you think that they had more fun this year than 97 wow I know why that's a good question that's we a need good to ask question. them we need to ask them I mean I, I think about it because you know Trey, like Trey mentioned to you RJ directly that he thought 98 was hotter than 97 I, I, I guess I just I would imagine that there was so much work that went into making 97 happen. And then there was like constant mm. focus of like, we got to keep this up. We got to keep this up. By the time they get to the Island tour, the sound that was infused throughout 97 is just everywhere. And it's almost like they can't avoid it. Like they're just going into those jams that happens again in Europe and in the summer. Um, it seems like a band that is, they've already kind of crossed the threshold. There's no going back. This is what we've become. And so now it's, like I said earlier, it's it's almost like they're coasting, which isn't necessarily like they're taking their foot off the gas or, you know, they're getting lazy. It just kind of sounds like a band that is uh, like they crossed that threshold of a new sound and now they're just living in it. And there's almost no effort there. And it, it, it just seems like it's with the covers, with all yeah. the way like they're they're jamming. It, I don't know. It seems it seems like they're having a ton of fun this year in a way that the year before felt like still more work. Yeah, yeah, when you look at this on YouTube, like this set, watch this second set on YouTube, they look like they're having fucking blast. And it does. It looks effortless. Yeah, it just comes more naturally. All that work, mm-hmm. all those shows, all that effort, now it's just in them. And they can stop thinking about it. Yeah. 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 I get that. I get yeah, that. I think there's like a – there's. I don't know. It's interesting because I do think ninety fall ninety seven is so fun and interesting, but it is it's very serious for the most part. You know, it's just it's intense, and I don't think there's like a lot of there's no real shows like this, like the early nineties style of just like going out and fucking around. It's like it's it's pretty focused and kind of serious. Needs more. I feel jokes. like they want. Yeah, I feel like they mm. want to avoid this band in ninety seven, and then they they re-embraced who this band was when they were playing a bunch of shows in 98 where you have all those crazy covers you have this set i think also something you said earlier jonathan that was really telling for both this year as well as like them going forward is they've taken elements of funk but they didn't become a funk band they incorporated Mm -hmm. funk into the fish sound they take elements of ambient music and they are sorry for our pronunciation experts out there (laughs) ambient And they became, uh, they, they incorporated that into the fish sound later into 99. They'll take elements of like rave and electronic music incorporated into fish. They're going to keep doing this over and over again, where they don't become one of these bands. They never like put on a mask of, we are now this style of music. They just figure out ways to incorporate that in the fish, which looking ahead 25 years to today, this is why the evolution just continues. This is why they keep Mm -hmm. going forward. Except for when they do, like, it, you know, it, as I like to say, there's an exception to every rule, including this one. Um, they they do put on a mask and pretend to be an ambient band in the Ring of Fire set. They Fair. do put on the mask and pretend to be a funk band, you know, in some very specific some of those zones funk jams, yeah. in 97, fall 97 and whatever. Um but yeah, I think uh, the humor is, you know, suffering from from all the work that they're doing in '97. Hmm. You know? And so the, I don't know if they're not having fun because I'm I, I'm sure it's very thrilling and satisfying to produce such amazing music by the seat of your pants as they were. But um, yeah, uh, emotional rescue is not enough of a gag for me. <laughs> yeah and and i i I, in, I choose to believe that that cover is a gag and not a yeah. serious adventure a gag that became a serious adventure which is never like, that is that is never actually thing. serious it's just it's a it was a bad song when the rolling stones made it <laughs> stand by that mike hits those notes so well um so this this is mostly for people who are watching this live, and I agree with Jordan that if you're in New York City, our friend Larry, who plays guitar and and is awesome, is playing tonight at in Brooklyn at Young Ethel's Lava Party. Um, thanks, You'll Jordan. See him. 
What is it? I saw their little flyer on Instagram. It's uh, no cover and no covers, I think is what they said. (laughs) Nice. Larry's a good dude. Um, Justin Bruce, another good dude said he was he um always impressed very good dude how much 99 sound there is in 98 and i agree like there's i don't know in our minds i think we like try to separate these years out and keep them as like distinct you know pieces but like really it's just it just is one big like melding it's all the same fucking day man it's all one song (laughs) yeah no i think it's i think it's a really interesting point by justin i think two thoughts just quickly about this one you know you don't control when you go through like an evolutionary period as a person so like whatever the band was starting to feel in late 97 they probably felt similar in some cases in 98 so like the differentiation they don't wake up on january 1st 98 and be like okay new sound new style like that just kind of (laughs) happens over time we just differentiate it because we think a lot about this band but i think also to that point and this is not necessarily like well, I guess this is just like to preview where we're going. Um, Fall 98 and specifically around this point in time where this tour or this show happens feels to me like where the darkness starts to take over the scene and starts to take over the band. You were talking about that, Meg, just like the party backstage, mm-hmm. the band that you hear throughout Fall 98, like there are not a lot of dynamic shows that happen in Fall 98. And that's not necessarily an insult. Like there's just a lot of like deep, dark, quiet jamming that goes on throughout the entire tour. And it starts to feel like the band that is going to pop its head up a little bit more regularly in 99, pop its head up a lot more regularly in 2000, take a hiatus, and then have challenges for the next five or six years as they try to figure out, can this actually, can we be a band again? Can this keep happening? My ears have always found 98, fall 98 to be where that starts, which is part of what makes mm-hmm. this show so fascinating is it is such an outlier. It is like the band channeling themselves six years prior in a moment where they're going through real adult challenging transitions. Yeah. It's so, a really joyful show. Sorry. Sorry, Megan. No, go ahead. Um, all right. So we're 20 minutes in and we said we would get to the show quickly, which we have not done, but Brian, are we, are we, are we going we're through all the, about the show, right? Yeah. Give us some, yeah, uh, so. 1998 highlight, yeah, Brian, and then we'll dive into Yeah. The, how different the was it from 1997? Also, that's my question. Well, it sucked. I, I went through pop culture <laughs> and it like, it fucking sucks. There's like, basically there's one, re- eh, there's two redeeming aspects, three of this list. So I apologize to everyone out there, but like, think about 1998 America. We were obsessed with the, uh, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, oval office sex scandal. Mm. Um, this was like the peak of prudish 1990s that like, when you look back on it, we're like, man, that's really fucking sexist and really fucking gross that we were all so obsessed with this the way that we were like really fucking awful um yourself i was trying to like deal with a baby you were you were you were not paying attention i was 14 and i was watching nbc Mm. news uh every single nbc nightly news to try to get updates on what was going on because i was fascinated by this but i was also like what the hell is going on my parents were like oh we got to get him out of the office like so many foundational aspects of my political views were shaped by the Clinton sex scandal, which is saying a lot. Um, That all said, pop culture wise, we were focused on some really shitty things as well. Okay. This is the peak of TLL. (laughs) 1998, like I kind of would love to go back to it, but also like America really sucked at this point in time. Uh, Television. We have lost the greatest show of all time Mm. and we've replaced it with Veronica's Closet. Monday Night Football, Frasier, decent show, but fuck, fuck Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Friends, as we established last week, horrible fucking show. Fuck everyone who's <laughs> ever watched this show. Terrible show. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. It's not that bad. There's some funny things about the show. Eh, here and there. ER, good stuff. We got Goose. We got George Clooney out of ER, but it's not like great stuff. Um this is a great quote from Ben Gardner. Thank you. Music. You guys ready for this? Are you guys fucking ready for this? So ready. Monica, sure. the first night, 98 degrees because of you. Ooh. Deborah Cox, nobody's supposed to be here. Lauren Hill, doo-wop that thing. One of the, okay, greatest, that, albums, one of the greatest albums of all time. Great album. Great yeah, album that, that album. was on loop. I said that there were like three redeeming factors. Three redeeming loop. factors. Unbelievable okay. record. Unbelievable. 
number one, Divine Lately. Does anyone remember this song? I don't remember this song. No. No. Okay. Movies. Are you guys ready for this? We got no. two good ones and three absolute crap, okay? Okay. <laughs> Although I may get some pushback for what I think was crap because uh, I don't know. Let's hear it. It'll be interesting. Number five, The Siege. Absolutely fascinating film about um, terrorism in America three years before 9-11. Cannot recommend it enough. What? I've never seen <laughs> it. I've never seen it. Unbelievable movie. Never seen it. Four, Enemy of the State. Before he slapped a man on the stage at the Oscars, Will Smith was a government employee on the run from the U.S. government. <laughs> Yet another film that preluded and previewed our troubled times right now. Number three. <laughs> Number three, A Bug's Life. This movie's okay. My kid likes it. That I've seen. Number two, The Rugrats movie. And number one, Adam Sandler is absolute fucking worse. And if anybody comes at me in defense of this, I'm I'm going to get even angrier than I am right now. The Water Boy. That's awesome. Just terrible. There's a lot of people in my household that love Adam Sandler. I'm just going to say that. I love Adam Sandler, but this movie's really offensive. I've never seen it. All right. I've seen one of those movies, and I have one of those records. So here we go. Just don't see his most recent stuff. It's garbage. (laughs) Well, all right. I haven't seen any of those movies. So now we can talk about the show. and uh, I cut gems. Like uncut gems. Oh, I what? No. Gems. no, I didn't like it. Oh man, that was so. Is how I win. <laughs> it was. It was stressful. I loved it so much. Yeah, it was so stressful. It's like, stop making bad decisions over and over again. I hate movies like that. You can't he just couldn't? That was the whole. Thing. Like I mean, I mean, you don't like Adventures in Babysitting of watching Succession right That's now. Fine. Raising Arizona. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I love Raising right. Arizona. So this is the third first night. Of three nights at the Centrum, which will close out the 98 fall tour, right? And you'd think maybe for a show like this that you'd get this on like the last night. But the the next two nights have, I mean, there's there's a lot to those shows. I think the, the middle night is just, you know, fine. Um, I think this the last night is better. But this is the, this is just a, what a crazy show. So, all right, we have set one to discuss before we get into set two. There are a lot of songs, 20, 30 songs, but I think <laughs> I that's pretty think that's good. accurate. They're, no, they're, I'm going to check your notes. Are you looking at the sound check? Because if you look at the sound check on fish.net, it looks like a 30 song set. Yeah, there's a lot. They're, they're, all, they're short. They got the wipeout thing going at sound check um, and, and hadn't played it since 91, only, mm-hmm. only twice before. Um, so. Something happened at Soundcheck or before on the way there or that some somewhere. The Louie Louie at Soundcheck is completely worth hearing. Talk about like being drunk on your or high on your own supply. Just amazing, <laughs> amazing party vibes in that. Uh, and the funky bitch jam. It's like type point point five, but it's a very slowed down groove jam. I would encourage anyone mm. before listening to this show to listen to the soundcheck because it really does a good job of setting the foundation of this show. And the sound check is available on re-listen. Yes. It's out mm-hmm. there. All right. But set well, one. What do we got? What do we got in set one? Um, I'll, let me let me give everybody the set list, and then do we it. can go around the room for a couple quick highlights, all right? So Funky Bitch opener, I think. Uh, Yamar, Karini. Uh, we have, sorry, got a little glare there. Runaway Jim, Meet into Reba, the old home place. Dog Stole Things, Vultures, When the Circus Comes, and Birds of a Feather. It feels very 98 in here, looking at that set list, doesn't it? Um, but Megan, I know you've got a shit ton of notes. Tell us about your um, <laughs> tell us about your highlights from this first set. Yeah, I love the Yamar. It gets out there a little bit. It has this like repetitive rhythmic ending. It's really cool. I this one surprised me. You know, it's like when you're listening to Yamar and you're like, it's Yamar, and then it ends up being cool. So I really liked mm-hmm. this one. I also really liked listening to this Karini because I loved thinking about like where it was in its like history at this point. This is the 10th time it's ever played. And it comes out and merges in like Europe 97. So the year before, takes shape over the first winter tour. And then it wasn't played for summer or fall in 97, mm-hmm. which is so crazy that they never played it again. And then the great went, Mike tells people it's not a fish song anymore. And then it comes back on the best night of fish ever on 12 30 97 they bring Karini out on stage like it's a whole thing and then it's just returns kind of 
into rotation in this like mid set kind of like mid first set like rager with that like big guitar solo and that's kind of like where it is for a while and and then it's going to like jam out again in hum you know it's like sorry the the month after this show on the first night of MSG they're going to open the mm. second set with it which is like a callback to when they kind of they hadn't done that since Hamburg 97 which is when they jammed it out for slip stitch and pass so this song is like going through this like crazy evolution and this version is like droning and slower. Trey's like laughing throughout the lyrics. Is this the first time they mentioned the streaker? Is this the first time? Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. To it. Uh, mm-hmm. I there's think a that there's. I don't know if they've done it before, but they definitely did it here. Is it this version or is it the UIC version that happened a couple weeks earlier? It's one of these two where they. Yeah, I'm not sure. It. If... Don't make me flip through. I just and wanted then, to note that yeah, ne- I never saw Karini until 2013. Oh my goodness. What was your first version? Hampton, 2013. Oh God, that's such a good one. Wow. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, saved a good one for me, but what the hell? Mm -hmm. Anyways, sorry, carry, carry on, Megan. Yeah, I mean, those are my highlights. The rest of it's just like, the Reba's beautiful, it's well played. You know, the rest of it's just all great. Like, I think Runaway Jim has some really nice interplay between Trey and Paige, but otherwise just solid first set. I like the flow of this set. I love the Yamar. Like you said, it, it, you hear Yamar and you're like, okay, well I can go about my business. It's going to be bouncy. It's going to be fun. But this one kind of takes a turn towards the ether kind of late in it and goes an extra couple of minutes. I think it's like a 10 minute version, which is yeah weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and really cool. Uh, the Reba is gorgeous. Like I don't, I don't have, extensive notes on that particular song other than that it is lovely um also uh honestly i really picked this show because it has my old home place the old place (laughs) call out charlottesville um vultures i think this version of vultures is a good example of why this song should exist it's Mm -hmm. uh everything about it it's like you know it's well played sometimes they haven't been uh it's gets a little bit weird it pushes the tension Toward, towards the line doesn't really cross it um really just really good version not entirely unstandard but not entirely standard either those are those are i think my big highlights from the uh from the set yeah this is a jam charted vultures which is yeah. interesting um wow. the notes are that the band breaks again for more ambient oh excuse me ambient play moored by some serious tray sustain which fades into a cool swirling ambient pool after passing through a passage of concentrated or concerted excuse me my goodness noise <laughs> This drives the band to a rocking conclusion, which I agree with. This is like, this is a version of the song at a point you talk, Megan, about Karini being like in this early evolution. I feel like we've never gotten that next phase of Vultures. It just, I I don't say this derogatory, like Vultures just is what it is. Like the song was written and it never Mm -hmm. became a jam vehicle and it never really needed to. Like Vultures, I kind of want to be seven, eight minutes contained. Give me all the parts. And like, it's, it's just fascinating to listen to. But you're hearing this song at a point where the songs that really impacted the band as they were evolving in early 98 are still evolving themselves. And Mm. a lot of them still haven't reached their final destination. Like Karini, my only notes were it was, it just had this cool groove driven anti-solo, but that the song is the song. Mm. Like it's not about a jam. It's It's not a big version. Here's like two and a half minutes of contained jamming as a, you know, heavy metal esque song, and then that's it. And that's kind of the point of it at the at this time is like Fish wrote a heavy metal song, and later they're going to figure out ways to turn it into this like brilliant jam vehicle. That every time you hear it, you're like, okay, we're in for it, and it turns into an amazing version. You don't really need that here. You need just yeah. mm-hmm. the band playing heavy metal. Well. I just want to say that Vultures is a is what's cool about Vultures is and there Andrew um, who just put that comment up there. I met him last night at the Eggie show. Hey Andrew, glad that you said hi. And my my wife got to meet him and his wife, and we talked about the fact that his wife. I hope I can say this, Andrew, is not the biggest fish fan. But what's the second part of the sentence, Brian? But that's okay. (laughs) No. Okay, I'll give you one more word. (laughs) 
<laughs> wife is not a huge fish fan, comma, but loves like Goose? Going to fish shows? Goose? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so Thanks. glad you guys didn't land on drugs, because that would have been, like, not a cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> not, on a, on a She's not a fish fan, but she loves, loves drugs. No. So Vultures, <laughs> Vultures is, this is a good version. That's, like, really the only note I had in the first set. I, the Reba was great, too. But I think it's um, it's got to be one of the hardest songs to play. I mean, it's like sounds so it's challenging. a tricky one. And they, mm-hmm. they reworked it during the studio sessions for Story of the Ghost. So this was like a, this was a, a kind of like a reworked-ish version. Um, and it didn't end up on that, on that album, of course. But um, there is some like, I don't know, it's pretty interesting. Um, also, this, the Potato to the Throat song or line was only one of only three versions um, where that that line appears for those of you who hmm. really care about inane shit about fish, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fine, high energy, you know, just like kind of going through some stuff here. But I I I enjoyed it. I just want a second or third or fourth the Yamar. Um, I hadn't listened to this first set since around the time that this show was released on Live Fish uh, as Live what? Fish 06, and I sat down and listened to it. And this Yamar just like stopped me in my tracks. Just mm-hmm. one of those things. I was like reading an article, listening to it, and I just like put it down and be like, okay, I'm gonna rewind, listen back to this, because that segment of music is absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Agreed. Set two. All right. Set two. Let's do Wait, it. actually, before we get into set two, for those of you listening to the audio version, let's take a quick break. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about Music Masters Collective, a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Stephen Page, Justin Furstenfeld, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe and special guests for Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and so much more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open and spots are already filling up, so register soon. Scholarships are also available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. That's MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly. Okay, set two. <laughs> this is basically like, they just, this is just a, they're just off on, a, on an adventure. There's no, there's really oh no other way to, to put it. This is like edge of your seat fish. It's thrilling. I mean, I've said a million times that when a show starts with Buried Alive, it means good show. That doesn't necessarily apply when it's the second set that starts with Buried Alive. But in this case, it does kick (laughs) off a very good set. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's like Trey is off immediately. Like he plays the run through Buried Alive. And then he's like, I don't want to play that song anymore. I'm playing weird shit. You guys keep going. And then, um, you know, it's just... uh, (laughs) It's astounding. Uh, just even that, like the buried alive version, is weird and good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they just continue to keep it weird. Should we read the whole set list before we I go further? I think you this? should just to okay. set the table of how insane this is about to be. All right. So, as I said, buried alive opens into wipeout, into chalk dust torture, into mirror in the bathroom, into chalk dust torture, into dog log. Into Chalk Dust Torture, into Sanity, whoo, that's your breather, uh, into Buffalo Bill, into Mike Song, into I Am Hydrogen, into Weekapog Groove, into Wipeout, into Weekapog Groove, into Weekapog Groove Reprise, this is Fish.net's breakdown of it, into Run Like an Antelope, the Encores, Waiting in the Velvet Sea, Golgi, into Wipeout. Holy cow. Sick. Like, let's just... I mean, they're off to the races. And can I, I, I want to address the wipeout thing 
real quick, and then I want to cede the floor to the rest of you. I'll have other things for that later. But uh, <laughs> please, so, address, please address, please address the wipeout thing. I mean, just this address is, uh, the wipeout in the building. Yeah, a man from Virginia um, has been called to address <laughs> the wipeout situation. So, do you guys remember the the Beatles documentary a couple of years ago? Uh, it was Get Back, and um, oh, was, a couple of yeah. us did a podcast uh, yep. about it. Yep. Um, yeah, and it was. Uh, John Lennon had like right before this thing, John Lennon had actually uh, been on the Rolling Stones rock and roll circus. And he, yeah. one of his bits was to introduce the Rolling Stones. And he's, you know, we first see him talking about it in the, you know, when they're fucking around between working on songs. And he's like, and then I said, you know, and your host for the evening, the Rolling Stones. And then throughout the rest of the like month of filming this thing, he keeps doing that, but in different ways and different like takes and like weirder and weirder. He's just like retelling the joke and every different <laughs> angle that he can come up with. And that's what Fish is doing with Wipeout here on this show. Totally. They thought about it in set break. They played it a little bit in set break. At probably the longest version of the night uh in was in set break. And then um <laughs> and then they just like Trey's just like it's so funny to him that he keeps bringing it back. He gets to make <laughs> yeah. Fishman do a little drum solo. Fishman doesn't like to do drum solos really. And it's like here we go. Wipe out you know every time he just goes into the riff and there's they're in it. And uh, and it it's clearly cracking him up, and um, that so that's what that is. It's just like keeps calling back the joke over and over again, um, and I, I love it too. And then they cut to Fishman, and he's wearing a Viking helmet. Like I watched this set <laughs> on yeah, YouTube, yeah. and it's just it's amazing. Like first of all, it was 1998, like a hundred years ago. It looks like it on these videos. Like things are so old, but. Yeah, this this is a thrilling set of fish. I love it. Brian, what do you what do you got? I I mean it just it's it's like I said earlier, it, this is fusing early 90s fish with their late 90s ability to drop into grooves and really accentuate grooves whereas, you know, if this set was played song for song in 1993 or 1994, I think there'd be a lot more like kind of zany hijinks that would happen mm. in the music and there wouldn't be as much oh, yeah. of like a let's let's let this groove develop whereas here like if you listen you know the chalk dust and the mirror in the bathroom back into chalk dust and the dog log like there's really good grooves in there and you're starting to hear like chalk dust has jammed at this point in time i think maybe three times in its history you got those summer 97 mm. versions um you're going to have a really amazing version at Camden 99, six months from now. Um, you're going to have the 2.0 versions. And then it's going to become this jam vehicle in 3.0. But at this point in time, they drop in a chalk dust. Most people are just expecting chalk dust. And instead, they oh, figure yeah. out this groove that goes into Mirror in the Bathroom, one of the craziest one-time covers that they've ever played. And then it goes back into chalk dust. And then it goes into this like really hypnotic groove jam that then finds its way into dog log. So you get this mix of like all these songs like buried alive dog log sanity, Buffalo bill that when they're played, they kind of signify, okay, we're just opening the rotation here and we're just letting yeah. anything come out and you're all going to get a bunch of rarities tonight, which those are really fun shows to experience in person on the couch, listening shows. back to, yeah, yeah, just a kick down set or, you know, but this is a band that still knows how to throw a dance party and knows how to, you know, make the audience just like move as one with them. And so you're getting that mixture that you wouldn't have gotten in one of those summer 94 Segway Fest shows. Um, and that's not a yeah, knock on those shows. It's just like, cause this band at this point couldn't, didn't really play these sets. And the fact that they're giving us one of these sets is such a treat. If only they had found their way into the chalk dust torture reprise in this show. Oh, Can you imagine? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to ask for more. That's being greedy. Yeah, like how could we like, ask for more? How cool would that have been? I know. Um, right? I love listening to that part. I listen to the chalk dust mirror in the bathroom chalk dust part so many times because it's just so incredible. Like, first of all, the call to go into chalk dust after wipeout is so perfect, and then they're doing the wipeout teases again. And then Mike starts the baseline for Mirror in the Bathroom. And you see Trey look at him and he, first he hears it and he, Trey's like super focused playing and he hears it. And then he steps up to the mic and he looks over at Mike and he just starts singing it. And Mike just gets this huge smile on his face. And you can see it's like happening in that moment that they're like, yeah, we're doing this together. Like this is so much fun. 
And then it's like goes back into Chakdas and super monster sounding and really dark, really menacing. And it lands just like perfect in dog luck. Like it's like it was planned. It's so good. And to think of like you were saying, Brian, this like sanity, Buffalo Bill, like this whole section is just this collection of like old, rarely played fun songs that's like perfect to do after kicking down this like monster chalk dust torture with all these like fun teases and, you know, little bust outs in it. It's so amazing. And then to go into this Mike's groove, they sound so in the pocket. It's just spacey textures. Trey is like floating above it. There's like that ambient synthing, like melting ending. It's like sounds really druggy and that like drifting, nodding off feeling in the best way. And that, Hydrogen just emerges from that. It's just an absolute like. This is one of the best show. transitions between the songs they've ever played. Oh my god! So it's just I, so beautiful. I I have thoughts about some of the stuff we passed, but let's while we're while we're there, this hydrogen. So I um, I want to make sure people recognize that the fish l- released tracking of hydrogen is correct. This hydrogen is like four minutes long on live fish. It's way shorter if you listen to the re-listen version, and that's wrong. Fish goes, if you listen to mm-hmm. Fisherman, that's when hydrogen starts. Fisherman is yeah. playing the intro drums, and that's when hydrogen starts. And all of that, like the uh, the tails on all of the feedback and delay loops and things from mics continue and flow into. So this is should be rather a jam charted version of hydrogen it is yes. one of the great mm. versions there are only like uh, and by like i mean there are only five jam charted versions of hydrogen four wow. are in 1993 and probably don't even count um because <laughs> two of them are from the same show uh so it kind of rolls into right. uh something into kung so, and then, um, and then the fifth one is from uh, Shoreline uh, 99. Uh, this version should be in that list. It is just, they, it does everything hydrogen's supposed to do, except just thicker, longer. Mm. This last Beautiful. segment is brought to us by our sponsors at fish.net. Thank you, fish.net. <laughs> Thank you. Um, fish.net. <laughs> I'm not this, saying they've done anything wrong. I'm just saying no, I know. we should probably this, add this one too. This version, it, it reminds me a lot of the, the way that they segue between mics and hydrogen. It reminds me a lot of the Hampton 97 version where it's just like they've figured out a way to turn hydrogen into a jam before hydrogen. So that by the time you reach yes. hydrogen, it feels like a resolution and it doesn't feel like we I just are playing the parts. Like we're, 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 we're just, we're, we're drifting into it. RJ. It's kind of the same ground as a, what's the use out of a deep jam. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, Great call. Exactly. Exactly. RJB. What are your thoughts on this set? You, you need to, you need to throw some thoughts. I mean, you know, I, I don't have much to add to what you guys have all said. Um, does everyone, do you, do you guys know the story of Buffalo Bill about? Yes, but I, I want to just say my notes on Buffalo Bill are more Buffalo Bill, please. Yes, so, agree. So I was going to tell a, a quick version of the story that Tom told to me, but have you guys all heard it? Has everyone already heard it? I can't remember where I can't we... recall it. So if I have heard it, it's it's. Okay, so this is a quick story, and I, I I refreshed my memory today with Tom. All right, so Tom was working. This is just it's too it's like almost too hard to even tell. All right, so Tom was working doing tech stuff, and there was this like what he described as a British gentleman, like a you know older British proper British guy who was his boss, and the guy was like totally like didn't have a personality. He was not very nice. He would do like what Tom described as bed checks on them throughout the day, like make sure people were in their and their in their seats and would definitely like enforce the 30 minute lunch, you know, like just like a guy who was like a pain to work work for. So Tom um and his two <laughs> colleagues, I think, were out like walking through the campus of the or maybe even a park nearby, somewhere where they weren't supposed to be, you know, away from their desks. And this guy in a rare moment of like talking um, to anyone earlier that day had told like this long story about an, uh, like a rare local owl that like 
that he had seen recently. And it was like the first time that any of them had seen this guy having a personality. And so Tom and his friends are out for this walk and they weren't supposed to be out. They're supposed to be at their desk and they, they come upon their boss who, who also is out for a walk and Tom and they were like super scared and they didn't know what to do. Cause they were like, knew that they were in big trouble. And Tom didn't know anything else to say. So he said, looking for owls. <laughs> that's amazing. So that's why that's why the lyrics looking for owls, looking the young for man owls? asked, hoping to lighten the tension. Um and then the rest of it is just sort of like a you know crude joke in but um the looking for owls thing is just like imagining Tom saying that to to like this old guy when they're getting in trouble is just awesome. <laughs> that's what I think of every time I hear Buffalo Bill. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I think it's it's worth thanking this show for the fact that like for a noob like myself, this was the first time I got I ever heard Buried Alive, Dog Log, mm-hmm. or Buffalo Bill. Like as a fish fan to get like I remember buying this show and being like, there's so many new fish songs I'm about to hear just because this show has all these rarity. Right. And weird dog log. Um it uh not weird, but like it was a little different, kind of lower bluesier groove there. I think we lost Brian for a moment, but he'll catch up, I bet. Um, he will. He will. Yeah. It's um, a pretty it's a pretty pretty epic set. I mean, you can't really say much about it except like epic set. Well, the we Weekapog too. We just have to talk, talk about, about that yeah, for a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's this is like where you really hear ninety-seven, like you know, and you hear them like pull at the threads though of it. Like it starts as this like funk jam and then it, the edges kind of get like pulled and frayed a little bit and stretchy and it gets like weird. And then they're back in a wipeout and then they're back in a week pog, but double time. I mean, it's just such a contrast to their jams at this point that they play this so fast and so tight after doing all this like weird ambient spacey stuff. And then they go into that reprise section it's so unexpected and so much fun. And it's like, it feels like the wheels have like fallen off the wagon and you're like careening down the hill, like just like, ah, and then you end up in this like ambient space with like trippy effects and like Trey's making like the dolphin noises. And there's just like these synths and he's waving his guitar around like a lightsaber. I don't know if you wave a lightsaber that way, but like, I don't, I've never really used a lightsaber, but like, you know, you just like, he's like waving it around and it's just like, it's amazing. It's so fun. And then I think ending in antelope is like a nice grounding it to it. I, don't know. I think they got a lot of nerve to play run like an antelope after all of that. <laughs> right. Um, but <laughs> here we are. Like, okay. Here we are. Yeah. It's just like, we haven't played enough fast shit tonight, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean that the whole week of pog, segment is what 20 minutes long uh, that includes a wipeout jam and the, all of that stuff and it's just amazing and it kind of ends several times and yep. it, they just keep coming back at such intense <laughs> speeds um just fucking great god yeah. bless fish just great and yeah i Encore's think like pretty the, good too yeah Encore's pretty good too i was just gonna say the antelope is like I think it's a perfect here because it's kind of like an exclamation point. Like it reminded me of like the 1230 show this last year on 22. They ended set one with antelope and it just like destroyed. It was just like a, it's just like a, and this is how we close it. Like, boom, it's fun. Yeah. Nothing like a proper ripping antelope, like one that has like many gears and yeah. uh, really just takes off. They don't make them like they used to. They do True. not. I don't know. That one on 1230 is pretty fucking good. It's not that long ago. It's rare. 1230. Like 90, that. 90, 94. Yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now there, well, what's the the last jam charted antelope is from Halloween or 1030, 21 from Vegas. But there's, there's gotta be, it's just, I mean, I don't want to like, you know, this has been an amazing show, but like, can we just talk about this? This is, so I, I heard antelope in my first show. And for a very long time, it was my favorite thing to hear live. And then like, because it was in the nineties and like even the early 2000s, like the rocked, you know, and yep. now it's just like, mm-hmm. like, it's a good way to end a set. But I took like a, can't remember who, someone who hadn't been to a show before. Like I took to a show in like 20, 
16 or 2018. And, <clears throat> you know, like at the end of the jam, when they, they go into the breakdown, well, they're, the first part where they go into the jam, like the lights used to just like change and you knew that you were like in the jam section, you know? And then like at the end of the jam, it was like crazy. And then like everything would just like stop. And then you're in the like ending section. And I remember, I don't know, I don't remember who I was with, but they had not been to a fish show before. And I was like, just like, watch the lights. This is going to be so awesome. And then it like, wasn't that great. And I was like, shit, this is more of like a thing that happened like 24 years ago than happened. I mean, now, but. like great. that Halloween 21 antelope is jam charted that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, that was good. The previous jam charted version is 2016. I mean, wow. they're not. Wow. Yeah. Doing a lot with it. They play it a lot like they play Bowie, where it's like a yeah. mm -hmm. it's a stamp on a set, a stamp on a show, exactly. and it's oh, not necessarily anything beyond. I mean, the first antelope I ever heard was seven sixteen ninety four. And that is like the most unfair bar to compare this song <laughs> to. But like that was to me my introduction to run like an antelope of like, okay, anything can happen and it just like breaks, yep. you know the space time continuum type of moment. And it just doesn't do that as much anymore. Um, yeah. Can I just say really quickly this week of pog? Yes. I think well, no, that this is my favorite. <laughs> done. I think this is my favorite week of pog ever. Um, oh my God. That's awesome. It, you get the like peak, beautiful, awesome joy that week of pog has. Um, but then you careen off into space. This is, you talk about where, ambient music i'm just fucking calling it ambient music okay uh we're ambient no, music that's good is, no the, that's the pronunciation I say. I no yeah you say amb i say ambient, ambient is okay it's, it's but brian think... go ahead go ahead rj ambient. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. where ambient is what makes it weird i think sometimes it's you ambient. put the you yeah. put the emphasis on the second syllable yeah it's not the, the am yeah. that's wrong it's, it's it's the ambient. emphasis. Ambient. You, you've got to get yeah. the emphasis correct. I, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> a midwesterner who says things the way a midwesterner says it. You know, uh, the emphasis. Um, okay. This is where you hear that influence of like Robert Fripp of Brian Eno on the band in this segment because like just as I was listening to this, like it's low to the ground, but it's filled with ideas. Like there's so much happening mm -hmm. here. Trey's got that backwards guitar effect going. That is one of my favorite things about 1998, whenever he would start messing around with that. And it's just, it shows the freedom that they were playing with at this point in time, where you can play a perfect version of Weekapog that doesn't really seem to do anything beyond be Weekapog, which does it need to be? No. And then they end it and then they come back and they go into this crazy jam. It's just such a great capstone to this set in terms of anything is possible, but also 1998 allows for just expansion and groove and jamming. And then of course we get this antelope on top of it. It's just, it's amazing stuff. That's all I gotta say. So I do want to say, Andrew, again, Andrew from last night's Eggy show, he says certain songs have their times like Stash and Split right now, Hood and Antelope not having their time right now. I don't, I, I agree with that, but also that's like leaving open the possibility that they will have a time again, which is exciting. Yeah. They come back like you Split um, further down. Never coming back. Yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Further down, uh, Incredible Perp notes that I hope Split never gets old and wrote. Well, Split was old and wrote in early 3.0. Mm. It was dead in the water. It kind of was, yeah. It did it come was. back at some point. I don't know when, 2013? 12, 29, 2017 is like the first version where the synthesizers really add something to the song in a way that we bleed into like the 2018 and beyond versions. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like they used to play it as abstract as possible in like 09, 10, 11, all the way even up to like 13, 14. But even as someone who loves abstract, weird music, it doesn't sound very good. It doesn't sound like the band that's mm. like in control while also being out of control. It just yeah, sounds they like were, just they were barely on the rails and they were not, landing it that's the like the big thing is like right, you know, right, fly right. out the window but you've got to be able to land on your feet otherwise you've just killed yourself i mean it's not this terrible terrible metaphor sorry but you get the idea it's like they, they just they weren't hitting it and you know 
I, I don't know about Wikipod being kind of dead right now. I think I kind of agree. I think the, the uh, you know, fish right now, it's really just like, you know, wave of I don't hope. even know why we listen Set to them anymore. Free. Crazy you know, podcast. Such a waste Tweezer. of time. Good Tweezer. God. Bullshit ass song. Let's just um, all go on Dead and Company tour. Too good for <sighs> Tweezer. God, I can't wait to Man, go and go on possibly. it while you can, you know, or don't. Another, or don't. Another, or don't. another great band breaking up for good. You know what I mean? They broke up a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. It was like basically when I saw my first fish shows when they broke yeah, exactly. up. <laughs> Billy and the kids. So tour. Uh, That's a okay. Good tour. So, Mirror in the Bathroom is about drugs, right? Um. Yes. Okay. Just didn't want to, you know, be too subtle here. Or not. I want to just say to to Andrew from Eggie, <laughs> whose wife likes Goose. He's uh, not in Eggie. He was at Eggie, right? Well, Let's but be clear, it might be soon. At Eggie. He yeah, sure. you never know. Um, Keep that door open. I'm just looking through the jam chart. I don't think he's wrong about his week. Pog is dead. I do just want to say, just you know, it's it's important to put a caveat on all of this sort of stuff. People should definitely go and check out the Vegas 2021 version, 1029, 2021. It's about 13 minutes long. It comes there, in that amazing. You were there, but you didn't there, say bro. anything. All right. You didn't say anything. I don't remember. Uh, it's an, it's an amazing version that comes to an incredible first set. But yes, since then, there was the fun little Weekapog Plasma Weekapog from last summer at Great Woods. It was fun. See, but I yeah, didn't even remember that and I was there. No, just kidding. Exactly. I wasn't. I'm just like, like if you look through the jam charts since 2015, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight total versions since 2015. Mike's song, Mike's groove is a pretty regular thing. You got like Vegas 21, uh, MSG 2018, really good version from 1230 that goes in and out of Cross-Eyed and Painless. Oh, I um, love that show. And Nashville 2015 that has a really cool electric funeral jam in the show that had the first uh, extended mic song since 2.0. So Weekapog has not been messed around with as much as it should. Uh, yeah, but they got to make time for Set Your Soul Free. So it's all good. This is true. That is where the inspiration <laughs> yeah, happens. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? I'm just joking when I say it that way, but, you know, they'll find it where they need it. and uh, They always we'll get, do. It's not like we aren't getting jams. Um, and it. Maybe that matters. So, Some I mean, I think like it does jams. like tell anyone in 1995 that Axel Apart Two is going to be played for 20 minutes as the second song of a show. 20 years later, like nobody's going to like it, it's just going like, to ask for yeah. your drugs. Well, yeah, it's just like the the, the <laughs> band is constantly evolving and weaving and out of things. And Weekapog had its time and had its place. It was a very very reliable jam vehicle, and it's not as much anymore. And now it's just about you know, the happy groove, unless there are a few versions here and there, which is kind of what we would love from Bowie. Well, what I would love is to wrap up this episode so that everyone can no, because I want to be respectful of our audience. I mean, you know, that's fine. 59 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah, the commenters are like, hey, you guys got to get out of here. I'm done listening to you guys. I'm staying, but you guys got to get out of here. All right, well, here's the deal. Here's why we really have to go. And this involves all of you listening. It's because we have to go record an episode of HF Pod Premium, which you can subscribe to for only $5 a month. And you know what? It really helps us do what we do here at Osiris and at HF Pod. So that's why, because we're going to go record something that has nothing to do with music so if you want to know what that is then actually it might depending on how it goes so anyway go to osirispod.com slash premium and consider supporting us it's five dollars a month i mean you must i mean everyone must spend five dollars a month on something less funny do it and entertaining. something less funny yeah it is funny Yeah, you all spend money on Hulu. I know it. That's way less funny and entertaining. I love that show. <laughs> I know. I have, a lot, I have a lot of stuff I love on Hulu. Um, all right. Is next that good? week, though. Oh, next yeah. week, though. Do you guys know where we're going? No. No. No? Nobody's got me? No? Yep. Nobody's done oh, I know. No, everybody knows. Of course we know. We were just joking. Of course. We're going in order, dude. Of course I was hoping you were going to tell me what show we're doing. Come on. I don't, I don't know what show we're doing. Megan, what show are we doing? 
Um, I'll tell you when I t- when I tell you. God damn it! I don't think I have a choice about this. All right, I got time. other stuff to do this weekend. I'll listen to it someday. I'll I don't know. What, this is a year where you don't have a choice. I don't understand. No, I'm just kidding. Um, mm. you'll know soon. Um, Megan, I'm forwarding you an email. Okay, actually, I can tell you this when we stop recording. I'm forwarding you an email about next week. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Okay, bye. Thank everybody. you for tuning in. Bye everyone. Bye. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.